gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The, the whole heart of this series is for us to learn through our relationship with God to be resilient, to be able to bounce back from the hard times that we're going to go through as Christians. And it, it just blows my mind how God continually just builds up our time in this building together into what He wants us to hear. If you don't come to Sunday school, you miss the prequel to the message almost every week because we were talking about the fact that the Bible is very clear in this world you will have trouble. You will go through hard times, but take heart of overcome the world. It, it came up in Sunday school. And then Dale gets up and he starts to talk about the beauty of God and the beauty that God has put into this world so that we can continue to seek and to find him through beauty that we sang about the beautiful one I love. And the, the message just keeps building. And it's because we serve God who knows what he's doing and he knows what he wants to say to us. So for the next few minutes, hook up. Another verse we shared last week, that, or two weeks ago, I'm trying to tie a whole, and last week was great. I wasn't here, but I was here digitally, and it was amazing. It was a, one of my favorite services, and I'm going to have to do that more often and just get me off the microphone. But humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. I know that's not what's reading on the screen, but I memorized that in King James because that, that's one of my verses for life. If you, A, learn to humble yourself, you're not good enough to do it on your own, you need God. And you learn how to cast your care on Him. It doesn't mean you get to be footloose and carefree because that's not how life works at all. But you don't have to carry the load alone. It makes life easier because Jesus said, cast it on me. You're still going to carry a burden, but it's lighter. And I do like the NLT saying, cast your anxiety on him because that's the word in this generation is anxiety. But it brings me to the, the verse for this week. And, And I want you to know that this is, I love to steal from Paul. Pretty good, pretty good guy to steal some things from. This is my prayer for you this week. And for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge." that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. If we were going to root this 
this concept of resilience into Scripture. It's right there. That you'd be rooted and grounded in love and that you'd be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ. Not just to know about it, but to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That sounds like something that's rooted deep in your soul that goes beyond what you think. And that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I, I really wanted to spend a, a ton of time this week talking again about how we were made to be the temple of God. And, and I'll probably come back to it another week, but we can't just keep going forward without at least mentioning that because we, we've already mentioned that you were made in the image of God. You were made to bear God's image, but you were also made and designed through the blood of Jesus Christ to become the temple in which God inhabits. That means that God comes and lives in you. And Jesus talked about that when he said, I and them and you and me. And, and he just, I mean, it, it just keeps tying like an unending knot of connection of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and mankind. Where he invited us into the Holy Trinity relationship in a powerful and personal way. Again, you can see why it would be easy to just go preach that. Okay, we're going to go back to the hard thing. I really want to go preach the easy thing though, Dale. I really do. <laughs> why do we struggle with finding depth? Why do we struggle with the depth of God, with the depth of God's word, with having a deeper relationship with him? I, I, can, I can tell you every year, that I was a youth pastor and I asked kids, you know, what is your goal for this year? In youth group, they would say the same thing. I want to have a better relationship with Jesus or I want to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. That was the great buzzword of the, the mid 2000s. Not dating myself, okay? <clears throat> it was also the buzzword kids would give me at camp. When we get to camp, what's your goals for camp? I want my relationship with God to get better through camp. I want to get deeper. Deeper, deeper, deeper. How many of you, just quick show of hands, like that concept of, I want a deeper relationship with Jesus? Okay? Well, let me tell you the problem we run into is we don't know how to go deep. Because our entire world is geared around keeping us in the shallows. We live in the shallows where distractions abound. Okay, and, and this, we have to go back to my creek for it. The shallow parts of my creek are the most active parts of my creek. If you go and you just stare into the water for a while, and I'm not telling you to be some mystic weirdo, I'm telling you to just go observe. Okay, in the shallows is where you'll find minnows. And you don't see minnows just go lay there and sit still. You know, you get into a little deeper water where you can still see down there, you might see a bass just kind of sitting there waiting. Minnows don't do that. They just dart everywhere. Bug hits the top of the water, they're going nuts. The, the other fish in the creek that do that are perch, and we have a lot of fun with them because they do it. But 
we're, we're the same way. I was trying to get ready at home and, and what I do, just like everybody else, I try to use technology to get ready. And I really just about threw all the tech on the bed and, and came old school today with just me and my paper Bible because it felt more fitting for the message. But, but think about it. When you try to go do anything on your computer, you click and you get to the site you're on, pop-up ad. You get rid of that pop-up ad, another advertisement comes up. Click that one out. And your phone's using all of this, you know, this wonderful big, big term, the algorithm, to keep you ensnared. And just like those minnows who are always swimming around in the shallows, hunting for their next meal, hunting, trying to survive, trying to dodge, we have some of those same instincts where when something pops up, I thought about having my kids up here with signs, just have them stand up at random times so you could get the full experience of the distractions that our world provides. And it's not just when you're trying to do research on a computer. Social media, when you scroll down through it, how many of you have ever got caught in the algorithm? And what I mean by you've been caught in the algorithm is you're, you're scrolling along on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or, heaven forbid, TikTok. And you look up and it's an hour later and you don't know where the hour went. You were caught in the algorithm because you were in the shallows seeking after the next thing. And there's science behind it in the brain. You have, you have receptors in the brain and, and one of the main receptors that makes you continue to stay in that cycle of seeking is this wonderful chemical in your brain called dopamine. Okay, dopamine says, hey, I gotta, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going, I gotta find this. I'm gonna find the thing that's gonna entertain me. I'm gonna find the thing. Oh my goodness, what is that on Pinterest? No. It, it really is, it's how our brain works. And they get you caught in that loop. If you ever found something that did satisfy it, that actually is on the same scale and chemical in the brain that is the closest thing your body makes to opium, but we won't go there because people get weirded out when you talk about that. But you, you get this calming, relaxing thing. The thing about dopamine is it will run you, run you, run you, run you, run you until you run out of gas. It'll do it. How many of you get aggravated when somebody interferes with your scrolling time on Facebook? Parents? Kids, how many of you get mad at your parents when they interrupt your TikTok time? She's like, I don't have TikTok. I don't know. When they interrupt your video game time, where's he at? Yeah, he's hiding over here. You interrupt Mario Kart at our house, you interrupt Mario Kart, bad things will happen. How many of you get aggravated when somebody comes to talk to you while you're trying to watch the news? I got to know what's going on with that balloon from China. That big balloon from China that they had to shoot down. The memes of that are priceless. And that's where I'll get stuck in a loop. I go to look at funny memes. Here's where I'm honestly at. I don't care if the Chinese really want to send balloons over us as long as the balloon stays up there. I don't care. I, I, I'm so beyond dealing with our government and their foolishness. I mean, real presidents would have took that sucker out before it got in our airspace. 
I'll, I'll be real. Back when government was doing its job, which may have to go all the way back to Thomas Jefferson, but where we told the rest of the world, if you want to come here and do things our way, you're welcome. If not, but since then, we get into this loop of distraction. And the Bible talked about it, that in the last days, there's going to be a huge loop of distraction. There's going to be disasters in diverse places that you've never heard of. How many of you had actually heard of a tsunami before one hit and was all over the news? It wasn't normal to us. Volcanoes erupt in Hawaii every day, but it's a big deal now. Well, there's a virus. It's a virus that's spreading all over the world. Guess what? It's been happening forever. But it's suddenly a big distraction. It's big news. It's big news. What happens if we can keep you distracted? We can keep you in the shallow and you can't get to the depth of what God has for you in this life. That hit me like a ton of bricks this morning. I've been spending my time being distracted. And I didn't really think it was a big deal until I realized, and this, this is a weird way to find it, but I found it. I used to read four to six books a month. Four to six books a month. Books, not scrolling you know, endlessly, you know, reading digitally, which is bad for your eyes, but anyways. Um, it wasn't that. I wasn't listening to books on tape. I read books. I, I used to devour large chunks of scripture. And now when I try to sit down and read a book, I do good to get through a chapter before I get distracted. The technology and the culture of our world is starting to rewire our brains to where we can't slow down and pay attention to the things God wants us to pay attention to. That's a painful spot to be. That's a painful realization because when I'm grumpy with my kids, the bulk of the time, it's immediately after spending large amounts of time on technology. When I'm irritable, it's because I have or haven't picked up my phone. It's an addiction. James tells us religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. I've always used that verse talking about, you know, the reason that we're, we're called to do right by widows and orphans. We're called to protect innocent lives, protect those who can't protect themselves. And I'd always skipped over the last part of that verse. To keep oneself unstained from the world. Everybody in the room almost knew what I was talking about with the Chinese balloon that flew over the U.S. Because even people who don't watch news caught that news somewhere. Now I caught it with really really funny meme and then I had to go figure out what it was but how much of our time every day and, and here's the great thing is Apple finally caved into the pressure 
and they allow you to track how much time you spend on your iPhone. All the Droid users are like, yeah, we're sneaky. These are not the droids you're looking for. But, but Apple lets you track how much time you're spending on technology. And you can go in and you can preset limits to where it kicks you off. You know why I like fences? Because then I have a general idea where to find my cows when I go to look for them. But I like fences because it tells me where a boundary is. Technology, I started putting fences on my phone this morning after a long discussion with God. Psalm 34, this is David saying, I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. How many times have you looked up from something you were looking at on your phone and, and felt like you looked radiant? never happened for me. I have never spent time scrolling on social media where when I put it down, I thought, man, that made me feel good today. Even when I would scroll through and look at the people of Walmart, it never made me leave feeling like, man, I feel good about it because a lot of times after I finished laughing, I kind of felt judgmental because the Walmartians have problems. But I've gotten up from spending time in the presence of God where I felt His presence radiating through me. For the moment, in Hebrews, all discipline seems painful. Putting down your cell phone will seem painful for a while rather than unpleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Turning off the TV, turning off the computer, Turn off the video game, putting down the cell phone, put away all the technology. Take a fast from it. You'd be amazed because it later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. One of my favorite authors and speakers, Jocko Willenick, phrases it this way, discipline equals freedom. The more discipline you have, the more freedom you have to do what you really want to do. But I like how Hebrews author keeps going. It says, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Don't skip leg day. And make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. I think as Christians, we have a lot of our spiritual body is out of joint because we haven't got down into the cool depths of God's love and His grace to where some of the aches and pains of this life really do get healed. And it led me to this, and it's the need for finding beauty. If, if you look at this world around you, God put beauty everywhere. In, in Isaiah, the, the seraphim cry out, that the whole earth is full of God's glory. And, and there's studies out there that patients in hospitals who have a, a window view to nature heal at a much more rapid pace than people who only see man-made structures. 
I'm just going to put some pictures up there for a minute. This is not the same as going and seeing this stuff live. But just soak it in for a minute. That God put that detail out there in nature. Not on our cell phones, not on technology. He put beauty in nature for us to go out there and be with Him. If you go back to the garden, God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Walked with them. We live in the best part of the world to go out and to just sit and watch a sunset. Sometimes God's beauty is, is violent to some people, but it's still beautiful. And that's, that's one of the coolest pictures I've seen this year. I took this picture standing out on our football field during practice one day. Had no clue why God said take a picture of that. Now I know. Sometimes the beauty of nature is delicious looking too. Sometimes even in the midst of man-made structures, you can see God's beauty. Paul wraps it up really well in Philippians. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, which also translates beautiful, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. How are we going to find that resilience and, and find that ability to, to quiet our mind and our soul enough for God's word to penetrate us deeply. We have to unplug from this and get back into the beauty that God put around us. Spend some time getting fresh air. Sunlight on your body is an amazing thing. I'm sorry for all you pasty white people that sunburn, but it is still good for you. So, as we wrap this up, you have to take into account, you have to be honest with yourself. Your discipline will be rooted in the truth you tell yourself. If you tell yourself, well, I really don't have a problem with technology, I can put it down whenever I want, well, I'll take you up on that bet. <coughs> Because there's some people that can't even turn their phone off because they're afraid they'll miss an important call. Well, well, my kid may call me. It's Sunday afternoon. Turn your phone off. You go to bed at night. Put your phone somewhere where you can't reach it. And make sure it's not the first thing you grab when you get out of bed in the morning. And you'll start to see that as you have a little discipline, it creates freedom for God to move in your life in ways you can't imagine. Put the phones down and go for a walk with your spouse this evening. Go, go walking late enough in the evening, the sun will start to set, and then you don't have to keep walking. You can just be still and sit down and watch the sunset together. When's the last time you did it? 
we, we all kind of laugh at some of these ideas, but when's the last time you did it? And while you're sitting there, think about the fact that the God who painted that sunset loves you enough that he calls you by name. He's calling you by name and inviting you into that moment to recharge your batteries. Anybody else tired of having a low battery all the time? And I'm not talking about your cell phone. I'm tired of being tired all the time. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So maybe it's time to, to unplug and to live again. Go find some adventure. Best part of COVID was all the adventure we had because we unplugged from everything else. Matter of fact, during COVID, about the only time we really got online was on Sundays to, to be with you guys. The rest of the time, we were out having adventure. It's one thing I'm thankful for from COVID. So, unplug, find beauty, and let the God of peace rule in your heart. You begin to understand how deep his love really goes.